I'm going to scribble a note here. Uh, stop making show better. Start making show worse. Okay, got it. Okay, now we can go. Welcome to the second best show. My name is Ori Aviv, and I'm joined by my co-host Sam Cohen. Hello, hello. And Bobby Downey. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Today, we're going to figure out once and for all which spaceship is the second best. Engage your warp drives. It's the second best show. Second best uh, zombie show, by the way. Second best zombie thing. We can... <sighs> you're going to have to talk me into that, man. Okay. then no, no, I don't want to because if you're not, I don't care. <laughs> Speaking of zombies... We have ri- it's Wednesday. The coffins have opened. <laughs> when you guys rise, how do you, do you just rise like completely, um, uh, like horizontal and just kind of uh, like in the ninety degree, you know, like in a ninety degree angle, um, or do you just kind of get up, roll out mm-hmm. of your coffin like you're rolling out of bed, or like how how are you rising? Mine's like a pneumatic, you know, mechanism that sort of just like me waking up. I'm just shot straight out of. Yeah, the coffin, you know, and then yeah, I, gotcha. I awake airborne, <laughs> uh, and I think it's the best way to wake up in the morning uh, is to just be, you know, hit terminal velocity. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm more like a marion, like a marionette, um, like <laughs> yes. a, a, a beginner, like an intermediate beginner puppeteer who's just learning how to operate a marionette. So, like, my limbs are kind of like bouncing all over the place, and my head's Ooh. kind of like uh, swiveling back and forth. Uh, but, but I eventually get there. Hey, there you go. I like that. Um, I guess for me, it's, uh, I come down from, a, from the attic slowly. <laughs> Someone like breathlessly pulls a lever, you know, to like lower it down and then you're like, <gasps> yeah, exactly. Is it a whole production? Is there lights and smoke and everything? Like, is it yeah. a smoke show or it's, yeah. it's a whole production. Yeah. Yeah. And the organ. Uh, the organ um, theme in the background of, I don't know, like yeah. the Phantom of the Opera or something. Coca-Cola uh, has a new flavor out. I don't know if you've seen this, and it is called Starlight. How would you describe Starlight? And I believe that, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to taste like space, but it says it uh, has a subtle cooling sensation when you drink it. Includes additional notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire. Well, if I had, if I haven't heard some bullshit before, that's some yeah. grade A bullshit. We have synthesized nostalgia. Minty cotton candy sprinkled with vanilla, and has sort of a red tint. I, I don't know. It's pleasantly sweet and candy-like, and just a bit fruity, which is excellent if that's what you're going for. <laughs> And I quote, uh, includes additional notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire, as well as a cooling sensation that evokes the feeling of a cold journey to space. Really? That's what I think of. Yeah. Drink and you'll know how you die. <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, we should try this and, uh, and report back. Yeah. Let's do uh, let's, we should yeah, do there you go. junk food reviews. Maybe this is the official drink on board of a spaceship. In space, Ooh. in a sci-fi movie, Segway Master. <sighs> Oof. They're they're either getting worse or better. I can't tell which one. All aboard the SS Segway. Hoot, hoot.
are we ready to engage hyper blast off mode <laughs> to round one in three two one bobby what's the theme for our first round theme for round one most badass and in the first matchup we've got the ufos from id4 independence day if you're nasty and then we've got the Flustin Paradise from The Fifth Element, which, if I remember correctly, is sort of like a big-ass like pleasure cruise ship. That's right. All right, so in, uh, in Independence Day, there's it's, it's very much like when you think of a UFO. One of the things that I like about how they approached the UFO design and like the ideas of, of the aliens in Independence Day was that it very much felt like a, like, it felt like the 1920s, 1930s, Roswell, Area 51 idea of aliens. So you have the mothership and you have the little like harvesters, harvesters. Yes. So you have the mothership, you have the harvesters, and there's that relationship between the two where the harvesters can't operate if the mothership isn't there. Um and, and I just I, I love that kind of shit because it was definitely updated for when the movie came out. But it was like it, that's the that's the classic idea of an alien invasion is, oh, my gosh, it's the mothership. Yeah, that was the I think not to focus too much about the movie, but that was the for me, that was the cool mm-hmm. part of it all is that they didn't try to reinvent the concept of the spaceship or the quote unquote invasion of um, mm-hmm. Where in the 1950s, they had the same thing, right? The big, the big yes. disc alien spacecraft comes into the atmosphere and war of the worlds kind of thing. You know, it, the aliens come down, they take over. It was very much that, but just for modern times. And, uh, but one thing I did like their take on it is how, like, the size. Can we talk about the size? Oh, boy. It's a big chungus, that's for sure. <laughs> it's a very big chungus, yes. Uh, it's it's big and it blots the sun out, and everyone, uh, no matter where you are in the greater um, <laughs> Los Angeles County, uh, you can see it. <laughs> you can see it from everywhere you are. From the green screens of Burbank Studios all the way to the green screens of Hollywood and <laughs> <laughs> from, from La Jolla... To Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> there was like a foreboding nature, like the design was very cool. And um, I think uh, to counter that, it was cool. Also conceptual, like all the ships came out like swarms. Yes. Or something that was very like insect about it, you know, like kind of like unsettling in that way. Like these small, super fast, like fighter ships that came out of it mm-hmm. were also like really cool looking, like, they do, like you said, they do harken back to that like classic era, like sci-fi, like alien invasion sci-fi, but sexed up for the nineties. Yes. Sleek baby. And even down to the, the tractor beam concept mm-hmm. in the center of the ship, you have the tractor beam or the destructo beam. Yeah. TM. Uh, one of its greatest weaknesses and also its greatest flaw. <laughs> yeah. Was the, uh, the sphincter in the middle. Yeah. Pucker up. <laughs> yeah, I, not to repeat myself, but yeah, it's the, it's <laughs> really isn't isn't sorry isn't the sphincter really 
the as Marcel tells me, there are many sphincters in the body, and the one in your butt is just one. King sphincter, second best sphincter. <laughs> I mean, we've been we've been you know on that collision course for since yeah. we started. We might as well just. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Maybe that'll be the episode that does us, does us in. Um. Yeah, it, that's that's one of the things that I really love is like even like tractor beam, uh, uh, mothership, all that stuff. Like that is all stuff that it's total sci-fi tropes. It's total UFO tropes. But that's what I like about it is they kind of say like, well, the tropes had to come from somewhere and they came from real life. Area 51, all that stuff um, that they kind of like leaned into it. You've got the mother. You've got the mothership in space hovering above the planet. And then you've got the individual large scale destructo machine, you know, spaceships, the the disc shaped spaceships that are above the city. And then you've got the little manned ships that uh, I don't know what those are called. And then you have the aliens flying those little ships. An attacker. So the the tiny ships are called attackers. Got it. Yes. And you're right. The. The aliens are called harvesters. I remember watching this movie and uh, really wanting to pilot one of those tiny ships, especially when they're going through. Don't, don't they go through the Grand Canyon? Yeah. And I remember thinking that's really badass, and I would like to pilot one of those little tiny ships. Do you think those harvesters have to go through pilot tra- like pilot school? Yeah, you have to have a degree, right? An alien degree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go through yeah alien pi- pilot school. <laughs> that's doctor alien to you yeah yeah i mean the f-16s are cool but i want pew pew lasers so what are they up against one of my favorite ships which is the floss in paradise from fifth element um it's like a um it's a it's a cruise ship in space it's a vacation uh, space cruise ship uh that's yeah carnival cruises to the stars it's a luxury um elite Right. It looks very elite centric. It looks super expensive. If you want to ride that thing, um, you got to be an elite uh, rich person or or um, a crew member. That's there's no in between. You could win tickets on a radio contest. (laughs) Lilo Dallas multipass is our uh, friend of the show. Tricky is in that movie. Oh, Oh, tricky. <laughs> He's one of uh, one of Zorg's Zorg's henchmen. Um, so, yeah, the Floss in Paradise is like a, it's uh, one thing that I re- uh, appreciate is like, or like you said, the space cruise ship is it's very clear that it's for the the one percenters, right? It's for the uh, the rich and famous and the elite. And nobody, you know, not many people can afford to um, to go on it or to um, to buy a ticket to go, to go on it. Um and that's like contrasted with the airports, like the spaceports, uh, where there's like just lumps of trash and it's it's dark and it's dingy and everything. You can contrast what it's like on the ship versus what it's like in the spaceport. And I always think that that's you know it's like dark and dingy versus like light and airy and everything. Yeah, it's like your you know typical like city stacks cybers cyberpunk hellscape. Yes, trash planet. Trash Planet. Trash Planet, but uh, if you've got a ticket to ride, baby, this uh, has world-class entertainment. So, as Bobby said, you've got entertainment. You've got... Five-star restaurants. 
five star restaurants. Um, you've got cool sleeping pods, right? Where they put you to put you to cryo sleep mm-hmm. or something. Space sleep. Space sleep. Space sleep. Sure. Um, and and then they take you to instead of like today, you go on a cruise and you go to the couple islands and you know you visit, right? Um, instead, they take you to planets, which I thought was really cool. So this this ship was is going to take you to to Venus and a bunch of other planets and that are all hellscapes. But in this movie, it's like a nice water planet that they go into the atmosphere and they do a little cruise around, you know, in 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 the air and while you watch while you eat dinner and all that. Anyways, when I watched it, I I wanted to experience that. That was really cool and I wanted that. Yeah, it's got the, the ship is is it stands out too because I think there's this fun contrast of the architecture like of the ship and the interiors are these big open windows, right? Because you are meant yeah. to be seeing these, you know, galactic vistas, right? And so a lot of it are these big uh, cylindrical windows or round windows. And, but then um, juxtaposed with like very tacky interior design like really over the top yeah um like uh was there gold, a lot of red, red yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah yeah um it almost felt like a throwback of to like maybe the ship's like conceptually was like this is what the elites used to do with like you know what i mean like there's something like mm. uh titanic-ish about it like titanic adjacent right mm-hmm. where you get that same kind of vibe or it's like really gaudy and, and over the top. And, um, but then also this like incredible spaceship. But yeah, like it's true that even in the future, there will have been like styles change. And like, this is likely a style that is now out of date, but you get the feeling that it's an out of date style. Uh, this is the, from the galactic Rococo period. <laughs> You guys cruise people? Would you go on cruises? Have you gone on a cruise? So I'm going to show my whole ass here. I have gone on a cruise. I enjoyed everything about it, but I know I'm well aware. Once uh, for my uh, honeymoon, uh, it was a Caribbean cruise and it was great. Um, and I don't know if I can actually find myself going on a cruise ever again. So I don't know if I'd say I'm a cruise person that will like continue to do cruises just you know international laws you can just disappear in the middle of the ocean totally um good for killing murder on the high seas man murder on the high seas good for hiding a body murder on the high seas what about you sam um yeah no you're not you're not getting me on a cruise uh that that food has been there for seven days in a freezer um like i said murder on the high seas no thank you I've been on a handful of cruises. Uh, I have enjoyed them. I think like uh, divorced of their environmental impact and all the negatives about it. Um, there are good things about them. Like sometimes it's good to be able to see a bunch of areas without having to take a bunch of flights. Um, and so you get a little bit of sampling of an area where you're like, Oh, I'd like to go back there and not go back here and could definitely go back there. Um they are petri dishes, which is kind of gross. Um, but yeah, I think there's also some. Uh, yeah, there. I think some. I don't know if I'd do it again, like post uh, pandemic. But all right. So which is more badass? I'm gonna uh, move us along. So UFOs from 
Independence Day or the Flawston Paradise. Now, we left this, I think, on purpose, kind of up to interpretation. What does badass mm-hmm. mean, right? Um, to each of us, it might mean something different. Um, I think, I think more like aesthetically, more um, uh, just more just 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 cooler in concept, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I, you know how much destruction it can wreak, uh, how much havoc um, that can also play a factor. Sure. I don't know. What do you guys think? Which which of the two? What are your votes? I'm going to throw a wrench in this early and often today. Um, I. So both of these, I guess, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, both of these explode at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Of course, Space Titanic exploded. But I'll say this. Um, the the mothership in ID4 looks like a goddamn sewer inside. Uh, it's just like green and steamy, and it looks real super humid, and I don't think I would want to be in there. Um, it looks balmy. Real, it's real balmy. Real balmy. Yep, yep. It's yep. humid. Um, whereas the, uh, the Flost in Paradise, um, it's, you know, it's a little dated, but in a little ostentatious, a little gaudy, but I feel like, um, I would want to be on there. I, I would want to, uh, I'd want to spend some time on there. Also it goes, um, uh, it travels like, you know, uh, I guess light speed, <laughs> it travels in space speed. And my, my gut is telling me that the Flost in Paradise is more badass. I'm with you. And I think it's the really dramatic architecture and like the open windows design a lot of spaceships it's like like tight interiors with not a lot of like viewpoints right and that mm-hmm. and that's um purposeful because like, I, mean, I feel like a lot of ships in sci-fi or whatever like these are battleships these are like like this is for cruising this is leisure this is a leisurely ship that's just like cruising through the stars and you get to see all these like incredible sights and i think there's that's what's drawing me to it like as this like very chill, very laid back, lo-fi spaceships to study to. Um, <laughs> I think I'm leading with that as well. What do you think, Ori? I love it. I love how um, probably if we were, I don't know, 15 or 16 and <laughs> same question, which is more badass, we would have said probably the uh-huh. ID4 ma- machines. And now we're like, ah, oh, you know what's more badass? Chilling out and buffet and real and a comfy chair and a show and a lady being like and a show <laughs> yeah a dinner and a show now that's that sounds badass. pretty badass to yeah. me <laughs> 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 yeah uh, stasis sleep please put me in stasis sleep right now yeah and then stasis sleep by a by a cool nine thirty p.m. and I'm uh, and I'm done. Yeah, I it's unanimous. It's unanimous, guys. It's the it's the floss in paradise um, for me too. Floss in paradise, dear <laughs> floss in paradise. Tututu takes it. <laughs> <laughs> next up, next up, we've got the Borg Cube from Star Trek versus the Rosinante from The Expanse. So we'll start at the top. So we're thorough. Uh, Borg Cube is pretty badass. I think it's really badass that it's a goddamn cube. Yeah, that's some real cojones there, right? A lot of ships in sci-fi, even though it's space and they're not, there's no air or environment to need to be any shape, any shape at all. And yet, you know, um, they, they're always still like aerodynamic and they have wings and everything. They don't need it. And I love that Star Trek is like, no, you know what? 
it's this is a cube it's just a cube yeah it's yeah it's a cube with lights and i'm here for it yeah yeah uh and just for anybody who they don't know just a quick primer so in the star trek universe the borg are kind of a race of like uh sort of hybrid human and machine um and you are um forcibly conscripted to become a borg as they will capture you and then put you through a horrific process to become more machine than human and then you join a hive mind of the of the borg which are all connected uh and they fly around in these big oppressive powerful and scary looking cubic spaceships um which I think is um, probably up there with the Death Star is one of those things where you see it show up and, and stuff and you're like, oh, shit's about to get real. Resistance is futile, Bobby. It is. Who would win in a space fight? The Borg Cube or the ID4 Circle? <laughs> the, the Frisbee or the Rubik's Cube? It does kind of look like a Rubik's Cube, doesn't it? My money's on the Borg. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going Borg also. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's because really those lasers can come out of... it's. It has, you guys, the Borg cube, a cube has six sides in which it can fire laser at you. <laughs> you're just reading the Wikipedia page for a cube? No, no. I, a cube no, what you is heard, a rectangular solid. No, what you heard in my voice was literally me counting how many, in real time, how many, how many sides to a cube. There are because uh, uh, one, two, three, four, yes. five, six. Yeah, six. Um, yes. So that would win the fight. Anyways, it's oppressive. It's scary as shit. Uh, there is something uh, like uh, Giger esque, like Giger adjacent. It is uh, like horrifyingly um, yeah. precise and uh, industrial and utilitarian. Industrial, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I was thinking like mechanical or something, but yeah, it's very like it's very practical. Um, okay, the interior of it is just as horrible and oppressive as the um, the ID four ship, right? It's all steamy and green and impractical. Yeah. Cat, like uh, you know, catwalks that are not you know ADA compliant. There's no lead um, nowhere. <laughs> there's yeah. no arm rails or stair. Like any, like it is all very. Um, uh the ship even just moving around it seems dangerous like the ship is comp- basically uh bodies as batteries and a hive mind and then weapons because like they're literal they're literal like only task or mission is to expand is to create more of themselves and to build like is you know um harvest bodies very much like the id4 aliens uh or um harvest resources as it were yeah see i think out of all the designs this one seems to me the most kind of if you really think about it the most um efficient from a an environment that doesn't have an up or a down Ooh. right or you know doesn't where up and down doesn't exist well i don't like that at all uh, which, you know, where like the ID four ships, they clearly like, can you imagine that, that little beam, if you want to use that beam to attack in space, you literally have to like rotate, <laughs> yeah. you know, and point and point it at, at the thing, right. Where this, this board cube is really in whatever position it's in, it's always got a line of sight to the, to its target. 
which is frightening. Ooh, ooh, which is pretty badass. It is badass. Uh, its competitor in this round is uh, the Rosinante, uh, which is from the series The Expanse. Uh, it's a pretty badass ship. Uh, it is um, in this world. It's essentially like there's Earth and then there's Mars and there's a war between the two because Mars used to be uh, Earth folk until they said, hey, retire to your shit, Earth. And then there's also this faction called like the Belters and they're the people who literally just live on space stations and they're not from Earth, they're not from Mars. And it's these three factions sort of playing out uh, this like sweeping political sci-fi drama and um the main crew your lead characters uh come into possession of the rosinante which is like a martian warship Mm. um but they for all intents and purposes no spoilers in the story uh they have to pretend to be a like gas hauler so they like end up having to uh, spray paint a bunch of fake logos on the side of this thing uh, for like a gas company. And so, but it's actually a very formidable fighting ship. Um, it's really awesome and well done. If you look at pictures online or if you've seen episodes of the expanse um, in that it is this very, um, um, it's got, it's like utilitarian with like some flair. Like it looks like a warship, but it also has this like, uh, like a galley where you go to like the crew meets and they have uh, dinner, but it has like this um, area where it's very verdant and green where they do um, hydroponics. And it, there's like a, a lot of cool, comfortable, like living spaces in the ship as well. So you spend so much time with the characters in the Rosinante that like um, it definitely has those vibes where you're like, man, I want to, I would love to be on that ship. I would love to like, um, yeah. Um, I would love to be in these spaces. It's very cool. It looks like it was designed to look cool, but to be practical for a humanoid for a human to stand in and operate in and move around in, Mm -hmm. you know, but it still has all those blue lights. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I think there's a realness to it. Right. Cause I think like, you know, you have to also expect that humans are going to be doing long tours in a ship like this, especially in the universe, right? Like these are long haul ships. These are ships that can go across the galaxy and back. So like, it's gotta be a little enticing. Like it's gotta be kind of, you know what I mean? Like uh, Mm -hmm. not just for, waging war, but also for living. And, and, um, it's a very cool show. I definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, it's also a warship. So it's got cool guns, missiles. Um, and it also is, is one of those shows where they're not trying to, uh, mimic like, uh, fighter jets, right. And trying to do like, uh, um, you know, where star Wars is kind of like that, where it, it, it tries to be as true to what actual space combat warfare might actually be and the ship moves and rotates as needed so it can spin and point itself at someone to become a smaller target right um okay so and that is a that is a benefit to be shaped the way it's shaped um and yeah it's really neat um the russinante is a cool ship definitely one of those one like uh ships where i've been like i i think i'd like a model version of that on my desk nice (laughs) How big is it? It's got a few like layers to it, like maybe like a seven, eight foot tall building. 
but it's small and cylindrical. Like it is a medium, it's for like a medium sized crew. So it's not like a massive ship. Um, it's yeah, probably somewhere in like a medium sized range where that thing is, it's not like not really fast, Okay, but it's not a big hulking capital ship full of people. Um, it is meant for like, uh, yeah, long, like long haul engagements and travel. So, um, does it have, um, warp speed capabilities? They don't really have a concept of like, um, right, right. Oh, we're going to go into hyperdrive or how they, they just can hit, um, they, there is a development of a certain type of like engine drive that would hit like at a certain, like take you at a certain speed. Um, and so they can travel crazy fast, but they don't call it like hyperspace or whatever. And then there's also that plays a lot into the show is if you're going to go that fast and you're going to pull these like high G maneuvers, um, you see the physical toll it takes on the characters bodies as they're doing these things at these high Mm. speeds and so they have like systems in the ship that'll like juice you up with steroids or meds or stuff to make it so you don't like lose your guts and your helmet from doing these like certain maneuvers um so there's the there's the the military tactical realness introduced to these like big spectacle sci-fi battles and so that's what I really appreciate about it. Cause it makes you think about stuff that you wouldn't think about. And most shit, most, you know, sci-fi is just like, Oh, PPU lasers flipping, doing corkscrews and like all this. Order, and it's just like fun. And this is like, yeah, no, we can't turn away from this missile. We got to take it head on. Cause if we turn right now going this fast, like our heads are going to explode. So <laughs> what do we do? We either risk right. our, our uh, do we risk all, they call it stroking out. Like you will have a stroke if you do this. Cause your blood will change like do we risk having strokes as a crew or do we take this missile head on like it's it's like tactical decisions like that and and played out in the ship it's it's very cool um it also does like excellent like the show is like that cool like heads up displays and there's displays everywhere in the ship and hollow like holographic displays they do a really good job of that too like there's that like data everywhere you know um do they use their arms in the air? Do their and do their their arms get tired? a little bit, a little bit like that? But most of it actually is very practical. It's like I'm pulling a display towards me and hitting buttons like oh, on screen. Yeah, because um, yeah, they're like uh, unlike the other ship we're talking about, like the Floss in Paradise. There's windows everywhere. Like there's no windows. Every view that you see is from a monitor because there's no glass. There's no windows. Like so, if you lose your cameras or whatever's outside the ship, you're literally flying blind. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, there's the, like I said, there's that aspect of realness that's introduced to the show that that's super fun or the world, you know, it's a series of books as well. I would like someone to tell me to, uh, not stroke out. (laughs) Like chill out, man. Don't stroke out. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty badass. But which is more badass between the two? This is, this is, this is really hard because there's, there's a, there's a, the board keep is obviously super bad. It's like, there's a. Like, uh, if there was a like heavy metal album that was like like a concept yeah. album about like space, like sci fi, like uh, like the board keep would be on the album cover, and I'd be like, yes, like yeah, uh, and the album would be called Resistance is Futile. Very nice. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it it is like imposing and cool, and like, but I think it, this is so hard for me because it's juxtaposed against that thing where like the Rosinante is almost in a class of like, uh, let's say other sci-fi ships, um, maybe like some from star Wars we'll talk about later where I'm like, I just want to be on it. Like, I want to be a crew member on it. I like want to be in these spaces. I want to be part of the, I want to, you know, yeah. Uh, 
there, there's those personal elements that are drawing me to it where I go, that's badass. Mm-hmm. My vote is to put the, uh, the board cube in the square hole. Um, <laughs> Just to get the little, get the little hammer out and dunk, 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 dunk. get, yeah. Dunk, 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 and uh, move it on to the next round. It's just like you said, I can't divorce that heavy metal um, cover uh, yeah. with, you know, from a badass perspective. Well, and another uh, second best show theme is the singular purpose, and that singular purpose of uh, of the Borg Cube of just we expand. That's what we do. We uh, we take things like we we just like we have the one purpose, and that's and everything else is in service of that, and that's terrifying. And I feel like that's really badass. So it sounds like the Borg Cube, three by three by three, baby. Yeah, there you go. The Borg Cube assimilates it. Goodbye, Rosinante. Resistance is futile. <laughs> Next up, we have Spaceball One <laughs> from Spaceballs versus the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, I'm going to just start us right off. Spaceball One, it turns into, it, it transform. it's a transformer. Also, yes, it's a transformer. It yeah, transforms yeah. into a cleaning lady robot with a vacuum, right? Like a humanoid, like so in its regular form. In its regular form, it's a spoof of the Star Destroyer in Star Wars. It's supposed to be like this giant aircraft carrier type, um, just like this super long, super big Star Destroyer. Um, but yes, it it transforms into a housekeeper with a vacuum when it goes from suck to blow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a giant weapon of mass destruction floating through space, mm-hmm. and it's got basically an entire small country inside of you know the the square footage of a small country inside of it. Basically, it's just so it's just gigantic. Yes. It's got a zoo, um, a three ring circus, a shopping mall, a zoo, and a three ring circus. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby! <laughs> it's got a bas- It's got at least three basketball courts. They're not regulation size, though. There. And then, yeah, it it converts on a uh, flip of a button. Yes, Mega Made. Um, and but but more importantly, that vacuum is could be used for good or evil on a glo- on a planetary scale. Right. So it's it's kind of similar to a star destroyer in which it can destroy a planet um, by suck. In this case, in the movie, it sucks all the um, the air. Yeah. And um, and that's bad. But it can also, I guess, blow it back out. Which is good. Think about all the good this ship could do. <laughs> it's Just such a go for one. Think of all the good it could do. <laughs> also, does it? have i'm looking at pictures of it now and i'm seeing a little bit i'm getting some statue of liberty vibes yes yes the 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 top of the head is is a statue of liberty yeah okay sure for the yucks do they blow does it explode it does explode yes because um (laughs) screw uh accidentally presses the 
uh, self-destruct button. Um, and then, and they, they go along with it. They, uh, explode along with it because a bear from the zoo takes the final escape pod. You're right. Mel Brooks goes in there and he tries to put the, the belt, the belt on and it doesn't click into place. It's because it's the bear, it's the bear claws. It's, it's the bear arms that he's trying to, yeah. The eighties had a lot of bear based humor. I'm all for it. They should bring, they, there's nothing, it's so innocent. So that's Spaceball One. That's Spaceball One. Great movie. Go check it out. Uh, interesting ship um, made for jokes. Versus. Versus the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy. It looks like a bird. Yeah, it does look like a bird. You know what, I, you know what jumps out at me about the Milano that I enjoy, or that I, I like about this ship? It's got actual colors on it, not just... Mm-hmm silver gray like different metal different colors of steel and metal um it's actually got like blue and yellow on there which uh most ships don't have any color yeah it's got a lot of like flair to it and it like looks cool like it looks like a um like if a spaceship could drift um (laughs) it would be this one like it yeah if it was fast and furious with spaceships um this would fit right in all the ships we've talked about thus far were essentially ships that were uh, from inter- intellectual properties that what came out in the eighties or designed at least in the in the mid eighties at some point. Yeah, sure. Um, and during that time, I think for some reason there was a like future and technology, like distant future and technology is going to be this almost like a cold war <laughs> kind of like inspired uh design concepts a lot of squares blocky gray you you know utilitarian you know um utilitarian kind of thing yeah yep uh yeah it's like kind of fun because it's like small crew fast and nimble like doesn't have a bunch of guns on it i don't think it like has much in the way of defenses um it's for getting the hell out of Dodge and yes. um, uh, storing your ill-gotten gains and getting the hell out of wherever it is you are uh, as fast as possible. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a getaway car. It's a Mazda RX-7. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Subaru WRX. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love the... Uh, it has a lot of... Um, I think in the interior, too, I think they did a really good job of making it have a lot of character, you know, um, it feels like, um, lived in and comfortable, you know what I mean? Like comfortable and like fun, like, a um, like, uh, you know, Peter Quill's like, uh, a gross space dude, bro. But at the same time, you're like, no, it's pretty cool. Like I'd like, I'd have a beer here and I'd hang out like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's got like a a little bit like a an, not in a pejorative way because uh, but a little bit like a man cave yeah. vibe to it. Um, but again, not in the like a man cave. I'd like to maybe hang out in not a not an actual man cave, which I do not want to hang out in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like oh, I just drink in here and it smells. But like yo, check out my new pinball machine. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, like, uh, I I think uh, I also am like super I'm super jazzed about this right now too because I just wrapped um, the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out last year, and you spend a good portion of that game 
in the Milano with the whole crew of the, the Guardians, and uh-huh. you get this very intimate view of like every, and you you're able to go around every inch of the ship and see every every member of the Guardians like and how they've customized it and like little trinkets that they have that are kind of relevant to their story. And uh, there's literally like a, a jukebox where you can play like seventies and eighties music. Like it will. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. You just choose a song and I'm like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to talk to some characters and learn some lore and see how they're feeling. And I'm going to fire up some hollow notes. And <laughs> like, there's a little galley where uh, there's like a little refrigerator and the damn door never closes and it just keeps opening. And so, no matter how many times you do it in the game, you got to walk over and just shut the damn door. Uh, and the characters joke about it. And it just feels very lived in and uh, cozy and cool. Like, a, like definitely like uh secret base clubhouse vibes. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very well done. I like that. I like the, 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 um, the deck of it. I don't know if you would call it the deck, but like where, like the navigation, like where they're all, um, it kind of feels like a minivan almost like there's just like these like <laughs> captain's chairs. Right. And there's like six or seven of them and just everybody yeah. sits there and, and kind of argues, you know, that's where every, it's where a lot of the, the dialogue and exposition happens when they're strapped in. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Cause you get to see all the characters together reacting and, and um, yeah. And it's neat in the game too. Cause you get to, you, you're playing as the, from the perspective of Peter Quill and you get to see all of the characters sort of turning around to you and reacting to you and being like, what do we do? Um, And it's got that cool vibe where like, yeah, you feel very connected with everybody in the moment and all the things that are happening around you. I mean, and it looks sexy as fuck from the outside. Yeah. It looks like a bird of prey and yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, So between the, two of these i don't mean to jump to the end here but between the two of these i feel like the milano is more badass for me spaceball one is uh it's as a ship it's uh giant and daunting and you know it's like a star destroyer um but once it turns into mega maid uh it just ori i can appreciate what what you were saying (laughs) uh but it's just it's not super super badass there (laughs) um in that mode, but the Milano, I feel like is always badass. Yeah. And I, I, I'm really glad the randomizing of the seeds put the two like comedy, um, like space comedies, like kind of, uh, against each other. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going the Milano one cause I have a big mark for that franchise. And I think it's just a cool looking ship inside and out. But then I think the only thing that I think really knocks, knocks the space balls is, that it is sort of a derivative of something that already exists, right? It's a spoof on something. Yeah. Um, so it's not inherently very like unique or, I mean, it's funny. The transforming part of it is definitely fun. like, it, that's hilarious. But I think the Milano sort of takes the lead as the most badass ship. What do you think, Corey? Well, in defense of the Spaceball one, if you are on the planet and you're looking up, and this big old um, Hoover um, blocks out the sun and starts sucking all the air from the planet, you would be pretty intimidated. However, having said that, all around, the Milano is more badass. Milano! The Milano! Dex! Last matchup, round one. 
most badass, we have Discovery One from film 2001, A Space Odyssey versus the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Guys, for a couple years, I was very much into Doctor Who. Me too. Yeah, there was there was a couple years there. Yeah, I think like the the newest reboot, I sort of kind of fell off of it in the last year or two years or so. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think from the reboot from like the Christopher Eccleston yes. seasons, I, yeah, I was on board and super enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And the TARDIS, I think, yeah, is like timeless and awesome. It's iconic. It's it's probably, I'm looking at, I think we've, we'll talk about our lockouts later, but I think out of all the ones we've, all the ships we've talked about so far, it's probably the most iconic. Yeah, this is, it's a classic, it's a classic, classic ship. And I love that it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously, right? It's, it's a, um, it knows how that it's ridiculous that it's a spaceship that I can uh, travel through space, space and time. And uh, I think it, you know, it speaks to the low budget of the original Doctor Who uh, show, like way back in the, uh, you know, the, the actual first fifties and sixties, uh, Dr. Who, um, why it was a, a, um, a phone box, but I, I just love that. It's just like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. And it's, it's badass for a lot of reasons. I think too, like, uh, because it is kind of has this, um, self-awareness that they don't really touch on. Like it is a living being, right? Like, yes. Uh, yeah. In, in, in certain ways. So like, it's not Doctor Who ship. He's sort of like in league with it. And I don't think they really explored that like too much. What I also love about it is that it's very just um, looks like it's kept together on the inside by like, uh, like toothpicks and bubble gum duct tape. Yeah, and totally. it's kind of looks like it's, it's like kind of always falling apart and he doesn't know how to use it. And it, he's just pulling bell, like ringing bells and pulling levers and like twisting yeah. knobs. And there's just like, it, it's kind of, <laughs> it's very silly. Um, it's like a conversation between the doctor and the TARDIS of like that. You can tell like it, there's, there's like a little bat back and forth. If like the TARDIS doesn't want to do something, but you know, the doctor's trying to convince the ship almost to do it and like yelling at it and everything. It's adorable. Yeah. You were saying that it's, that's badass because of those things. Um. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, I think what's fun is that there's like, yeah, because it has, it is very physical, right? It's not just like a steel room with a touchscreen and a chair, right? Like, um, there's lots of analog parts to this very sophisticated <laughs> being yeah. slash ship. And I just love the, I love that because you just like, when you're watching it, you want to be like, I want to pull that lever. I want to twist that knob. I want to do, you know what I mean? I want to hit those random ass buttons that don't mean anything or they do or they don't. Who knows? But he's hitting them like, I think the the design is very like unique and fun and like super over the top. And I lo- and I love that conceptually that like um spoilers uh as the doctor changes the like interior of the TARDIS changes. Yes. Yeah. And so you always get to see a fresh take in how it sort of aligns with the character or how this person is going to play the doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty badass. TARDIS stands for time and relative dimensions in space. I I also I want to point out that I love the TARDIS because I also love like in the opening credits that like the TARDIS is always just shown just like hurtling through space. 
like flipping over and spinning and not like just flying in play. It's like just haphazardly hurtling through time. And space. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, but it's competitor. Is the discovery one from 2001, a space odyssey. What do you guys think? Badass. It's pretty bad. It's pretty badass. I see. Um, it's funny that these two were kind of pinned up against each other because this one has also got some um, agency of itself, mm-hmm. right? Some self awareness, some level of self awareness of itself with Hal. Before you talk about Hal, actually, can we just real quick talk about the design of the ship and how it's not kind of like the um, the Borg cube that we were talking about? This is another ship that lets itself play with not being aerodynamic. It's a big sphere connected to a um, a long pipe. Um, and I guess that's the anti-gravity uh, part of it. Um, but yeah, it, like it, it doesn't look like it's flying through air. It looks like it's thri- flying through space. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't designed, you know, at the uh, Honda Art, Arts and Design Center. I can appreciate that. A good spaceship should, if it's meant for space, you know, it doesn't have to look like it's meant for the sky. And it should be asymmetric. <laughs> I love me an asymmetric ship. No, I agree. Like it should be, it should look bonkers. It should look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It should, it should, the, the function, the function should dictate the design. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not if it needs to look that way because it needs to simulate gravity, right? Or go at a tremendous speed or whatever, have, different compartments for different reasons or whatnot that should, it shouldn't be about what it looks like. Nobody gives a shit um, in space, what your ship looks like. Unless it's a vacuum cleaner, right? Ori, then it looks real daunting. Yeah. It, yeah. Brought to you by Hoover. Anyways, what, what, tell me about uh, Hal. what's uh Yeah. So Hal 9,000 is the operating system of this spaceship. It kind of runs the show, right? It, it, uh, uh, rudimentary um looking looking at it from a rudimentary perspective it opens the doors it wakes you up it uh you know it's it's got complete control over all systems of this uh spacecraft um it is sentient though or at least um it mimics um it mimics that sort of behavior yeah. And, uh, you know, it creates, uh, it kind of, it's what it, it mouth, you know, kind of plays against the, our main, our protagonist a little bit. Um, it plays the antagonist role in this, in this movie. Um, kind of what happens, um, kind of when you play God, uh, with, with machines and, um, computers and all that. Um, I think what, what I, there is a, uh, I think definitely a retro futuristic sort of take on the ship too, where the interiors like um, were not far flung future. They're like, like practical, but also like 
reflected the time in which the film was made. I don't know. It was really kind of fascinating how like all these like practical sets and effects were, were created. And I think there's a, a practicalness to the design because there wasn't yet like um, touch screens and computer, you know what I mean? Computers in the, in the, in the traditional sense. Like, um, and I just remember that like end scene where he's trying to like uh, disengage Hal or whatever interface. And then he's like pulling out those like physical glass, like Ram chips or like memory cards, whatever they were like there, there's something I love about like those, like, um, the very tactile, very analog pieces of these like high tech ships. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like the first, the first half of that movie is just spaceship porn aboard the discovery one. Oh, like, it really low, is. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just because of the way that the movie is and the way that Stanley Kubrick, um, like directs it, like it's so slow and it takes its time and it breathes. So a lot of those scenes are exactly what you're talking about, Bobby. It's just like, these like long drawn out scenes where like you're just chilling. I I think of like the beginning of the movie where it's just like a dude in a space airport uh, kind of thing. Like I think he's on the moon. Um, right. Or something like he's in, you know, yeah. it's like a connecting flight and it's just, right. it's just him in this giant spaceport, and you just like, you're just living in it for a couple of minutes. It's great. Yeah. I think there's one moment too, that kind of stands out and it's like, we're, they're on that one part of the ship. I think it's on that connecting flight or this ship connects to that before it takes off. Mm-hmm. But there's like a, um, this um, sort of cylindrical or not cylindrical. There's a round sort of rotating part of the ship and you see someone yeah. walking around it, almost like mm-hmm. a wheel yeah. kind of spinning and you see someone like walking around it. And it's just, um, yeah, that stuff is so iconic and, and like fascinating. And um, it makes me like, yeah, uh, the ship aside, I think there's something to be said about like this. And then also not in the list, but like the Nostromo from aliens where they actually built it. Like they actually built these sets. They actually built these, yeah. like they missed that sort of era where stuff was not just like CG and or shiny Chrome and with like, you know, touchscreens everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you move the thing with your hand. Right. Like you move the, well, the yeah, that's like the, the table with your hand or the, the the machine with your hand. Yeah. Yeah, and the the peak of the movie where he's uh okay, spoilers for a movie from 60 years ago, but like uh <laughs> uh the scene where he is trying to dis, uh disable Hal. And you're right, like in a movie that same scene made now would be a guy typing furiously on a CGI computer on a CG computer. Whereas in that movie, he's tearing this like Bobby, like you said, like he's tearing these pieces out of the, uh, out of the ship while the computer like slowly dies. And it's very tactile. It's very practical. Like it's very physical. Yeah. You get the feeling he's murdering the ship, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Physically murdering this thing. Right. Yeah. Would you prefer, you were on a ship. Would you? You were pilot. I don't know. You were one last man standing on a ship. Um, would you prefer a digital, modern, touchscreen kind of everything on the screen type of ship, or a more tactile ship that you can more mechanical, uh, more digital, or more mechanical? Analog all the way. Give me buttons, dials, levers, uh, throttle sticks. Like yeah. Um, yeah, all the yeah. way. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I am, uh, you know, Mr. Computer Apologist over here, and I love touching and swiping and shit. Um, but when I'm driving a car and when I'm driving other people's cars, I can tell you that the more buttons and knobs and gears and shit um, that there are, I I really appreciate that over putting everything on a touchscreen on one giant canvas in the middle. Give me more buttons and analog stuff like give me more uh fuel like gauges you know what i mean like data yeah like don't just give me an ipad attached to a dashboard yeah i hear what you guys are saying and i agree i i i would want definitely a more mechanical uh system and it's for actually practical reasons right so think about it this way if you are swiping and touching screens and all that AR screens, all that shit. And it goes down, right? Something happens and it goes down. How are you going to fix that shit without access to those screens, right? <laughs> if I if it was all mechanical and a key breaks on the keyboard, a physical key or a button, mm-hmm. you know, shorts or something like that, I could just get in there with my hands and, you know, repair it with my hands. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's something more uh, a rewarding and be more safe feeling about that. Like I have control over this with my bare hands and I don't need to, I don't know. I don't, I don't need to use like electronic magic to figure this out. Yeah. In a way. And I always love that too. Cause I, there's, there's, I feel like in a lot of these things we've talked about, there's scenes where like something gets exploded, the ship takes a shot, takes whatever. And now like, Here's the person who's the mechanic who's like getting shocked with wires and like trying to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hand me this yeah. part and do this. Like, give me that in five seconds. We're going to die. Like, hand me the wrench. You know, like. Well, yeah, like, it's like I a. love that. It's like a grown up version of like a bop it. You know, he's got like a twist. He's like twisting a crank. He's like pulling a lever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, so good. I, I, w- I wish there was more of that in games. Like, I wish there was more like, hey, I'm on a ship. Oh, my God, I have to fix my ship. Uh, I don't have the parts for this. Like, Oh, uh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this old game, and I think it's available on Steam. It was called Hyperspeed, and it's the most like immersive sim spaceshipy thing I've ever seen. And it was one of those things where, yeah, like if your part broke, you didn't have it. And it almost looked like you're saying where you're like round, round button goes in the round hole, square button. Like if you blew up your yeah. purple square button, you had no guns. So I hope I find an alien so I can trade some money for a purple square part so I can put in here guns. Oh, like, I love that. Yeah, it's called Hyperspeed. And it was one of those old games where you needed to like flip through the manual to find a word on like page seven of the second thing. Oh. Like, <laughs> so which is more badass, guys? Man. Uh, Discovery one or the TARDIS? Uh, so one is like very sterile. Yes. And the other is very personal dynamic. and very like yeah dynamic and the kind of ragtag like uh, i think i'm going tardis i'm going tardis too yeah 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 like the, the discovery one is very um i mean it's kind of like it, it's it's daunting and it's um uh i want to say the villain at the end of the day it's kind of a weak ship whereas the tardis even though yeah it's dynamic and it's boisterous and it's uh it's kind of com it's comical and everything. It's still a very powerful ship. And uh I think it can do some pretty badass stuff. And it's bigger on the inside. I'm struggling with this one because the TARDIS itself, I'm not 
doesn't doesn't say it doesn't shout badass to you it doesn't shout badass to me i understand it's like stealth it's low-key badass uh-huh. but neither does the discovery one because because it feels like you could just throw a pebble at it and it'll just break <laughs> well the tardis though i think is funny as though like it, they definitely portray it as it having like it's gutsy like on its own like there's uh-huh. times where it's like won't let the doctor run away mm-hmm. like it's like no we're not going anywhere like you gotta or okay let's go out or attitude. let's get after him yeah like it's it's, it's, sassy. it's sassy sassy it's sassy yes. without saying a word Ooh, yes um okay so tardis takes it yeah the TARDIS travels through time and space to take it from you a hundred years ago. <laughs> hey, all you silver medalists out there. Thank you for listening to the second best show. While you're here, it would be the world to us if you would rate and review the show and the very app you're listening to us in. And if you're craving second helpings of The Second Best Show, head over to thesecondbestshow.com to find so many more episodes and bonus content. Now back to the show. Round two. Pew, pew, pew. Round two, pew, pew, pew. The theme, gentlemen, is sign us up. You guys want to extrapolate on that a little bit? Tell the audience what that means. I want to be on board, y'all. I want to experience it. I want to feel it. I want to touch it. Yeah. I want to. I want to be inside of it, and I want it to be inside of me. <laughs> um, and I want to like be part of the gang. You know, I want to commiserate. I want to. I want to shoot the shit yeah. with the crew. I want to walk around the lab. I want to like use the weapon system. I want to like run. You know what I want to do? I want to run from the like the power source in the middle of the ship to the to the deck and be like, Captain, we're going to lose, you know, we're going to lose power. That's what I want to do. I want to like run through the ship and I want to like grab things and push buttons and everything. Yeah. I want to hit the beep boops to make the pew pews. Yes. And then grab, yes. I want to be on like the... The, the rotary turret just being like, uh, the, I, I feel like this comes from being a kid and like, you know, making your own, uh, um, like spacecraft cabin and like pretending you're on a spaceship. And yeah, this time though, when you're, um, all of your systems are malfunctioning and you're hurtling into just deep space uncontrollably, mm-hmm. Mom won't come into your bust into your room with chicken tendies uh, with some hot pockets <laughs> with chicken tendies and some hot pockets because because in space no one can hear you scream <laughs> and they don't have those little dinosaur chicken nuggets <laughs> no but they do have but they do have space slop or hey it could be it could be good you could have like the replicator from Star Trek and you guy could just be like give me like a chicken vindaloo and then zing zing. Like, here you go. No, we've already established this in a previous episode. You would take uh, the pill, right? And it would be like, hmm, I'm eating a turkey dinner. And what you'd have in front of you is a replacement, like a gum thing Mm -hmm. that you would like cut, put in your mouth, chew, 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 chew. You get the taste of it, but then you don't swallow it. You just kind of like spit it out and put it back together. 
I think I'd probably end up getting fired from a uh, Federation spaceship because I'd probably really abuse the replicator if it could truly make anything. I'd be like, Funyuns, 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 <laughs> more Funyuns, <laughs> Funyuns. Just keep pressing the Curry Funyuns button. Funyuns, and I throw up, and I'm like, oh, Funyuns. <laughs> All right. So we got two matchups. What's our first matchup? First matchup, sign us up. We have the Flostin Paradise from the Fifth Element versus the Board Cube. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but uh, I think I know which one yeah. Yeah. I might sign up for, but I'm going to let you guys go. There's a caveat. There's a caveat. I'm going to jump ahead here to what we're all thinking, which is why in the hell would you want to be in the Flossen Paradise as opposed to the Borg Cube, which is a paradise <laughs> ship. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, oh, no, are we what, being assimilated uh, right now? That's okay. You got it. That's my point, right? That's the caveat is that the Borg Cube is like, it's not up to you, right? Sign me up. Don't sign me up. Yes, the the Flossen Paradise you sign up for, the Borg Cube signs you up. That's correct. So this is we have eight. So we're assuming sign us up means we have agency over ourselves. <laughs> or, um, what, what would you want to partake in? What I mean, this is an easy one. For- it's. I really it's, did not I, expect uh, would- this to be the episode where we actually talked about free will, but here we are. <laughs> Yeah, guys, Floss in Paradise. I, I mean, I, oh, sign me up. Sign me up. It's a Floss in Paradise. It's, I'm trying to. Okay, I'm gonna throw something out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm not gonna pick Board Cube. I'm not. But I think the scary part of it is being one with the hive mind, and at least it's how it's portrayed. It's like there's no pain, there's no mm. suffering. Like your yeah. body parts are are made like. Uh, into robot parts or mechanical parts, right? Like there's no suffering. Like you just are part of this um, hive mind worker bees working to ex- like expand and your singular mission to go across the universe and kill more people and uh, make them part of the hive. Like, I think there's a, there's a terrifying um, not really release, but yeah. Um, the word is not content. But it's it's akin to content release. Yes, yes. I'd be good with that. I think. <laughs> sign me up, Sam. Sign me up, Sam. <laughs> well, after the past two years, sign me. Up. Take the pain away. Come be an army of one. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather chill. Uh, get up. At, I'd rather get up at five thirty a.m. Find my recliner next to the pool. Yeah. Um, at the Floss in Paradise before everybody else. Before all the riffraff gets there. Uh, put put my towel and a book on there just so everyone knows it's taken. Go back to the room, sleep for another couple hours, come back. They don't let you do that shit on the board cube. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I could get up to some amazing astral photography on the Floss in Paradise uh, in my star cruise. Yeah, you can. What's a what's a typical day on Floss in Paradise for you guys? Funyuns. 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 Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hit the buffet early, you know, the breakfast buffet. Yeah. Maybe do a little lounging um, by the space pool. All right. Take a boat yeah. out to the, uh, you know, 
the hellscape that is the the um the surface of Venus. <laughs> um, you know, do some sightseeing, take some like like Bobby said, take some pictures. Before it's back to the grind on Trash Planet. <laughs> what about you? So Sam, you said you couldn't be caught dead on a cruise. Yeah. But if it's between that or the Borg cube, <laughs> I mean it's a toss up, but I guess I'll go with Floss in Paradise. Um I guess I'll go uh I guess I'll go on a cruise. If it's between that and the Borg cube. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is like you're on the you're in the ocean, you're on a ship. That ship has been out to sea for four days. They're not getting fresh fruit on day four. Whatever is on the ship is on the ship. Yes, but you have a fridge at home. Yeah. You eat stuff from that fridge four days later, don't you? Did I did I just like temporarily forget that refrigerators exist? <laughs> I, think you did. I think you may I think yeah. you did. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, you're just you're envisioning just food just sitting out. <laughs> yeah. I would I would I would wager a guess that say that like restaurants are probably not much better. And I've had some great food on cruises. Yeah, so have I. And I've never gotten sick. Um, I got drunk on I got drunk on cruise on the cruise. I I uh, gambled, won some money on a cruise. Oh. I uh, you know I you know what I did in a, at a cruise. I uh went into a hot tub um uh while it was raining on me. Uh, in a cruise. Uh, I mean, Boston Paradise takes it. Sign us up. Borg Cube goes back to the. It goes in the square hole. I think it crashed into the triangle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just headlong into the triangle hole. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Nothing could stop the Borg Cube. And w- now until it it's met a- its match in the triangle <laughs> hole. <laughs> now it's a Borg pyramid. There you go. Next up, uh, theme is sign us up. It is the Milano. Uh, Peter Quill, a uh, little lore, Peter Quill named that after his childhood crush, Alyssa Milano. There you go. Of planet Earth. Uh, versus the TARDIS. I'm coming hot out of the gate here. Um, so I know that uh, I, I, I feel like the, the Milano would be a lot of fun to pilot, and I definitely would want to like pilot that ship it would be like that tactile experience we were talking about you know lots of dials lots of gears lots of levers and everything uh, however the tardis can go through space and time and just like i feel like the sky's the limit not even the sky space is the limit it's got no limit um and so i feel like that i feel like for me for me the tardis is 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 where i would where i would be enlisting but i'm curious what you guys think so is it that you uh, that you want to be you want to fly it or you want to be on it or you want to be like a full on Doctor Who companion? Do you want to be like uh, uh, you just episode one? You walk it. You're just in one episode. Like you're just a cameo. You want you're like oh it's bigger on the inside and then your your story arc's over. Or you're talking <laughs> like you want to be full on Doctor Who companion on the TARDIS. Can I answer for you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I think you would be the cameo guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the TARDIS mechanic. I'd be like, I'm just here to to fill up your fuel. I'm just giving you some gas. I have a work then, order. I have a work I order. Have a work order. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't know. Maybe Sam would be make a good foil for you know trying to pull him out of his uh, comfort zone through space and time adventures. Oh yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. 
I'm not saying I, it wouldn't be watchable. I'm just trying to think of be Sam's shoes. I think working on the TARDIS would definitely be very tiring, though. Um, I, you, you'd always be fixing shit, and uh, you'd always be running around. Always running. Always running. There's, there's no <laughs> lounging on the TARDIS. Always running. Yeah, they're always like, oh, we're going to go after this uh, fabulous, relaxing time. Let's go back to a Victorian area. And I uh, I know all these fancy people. And then it's like, nope, alien invasion. You're running alien through your invasion. life constantly. Yes. Yeah. And the camera's shaking back and forth. And, you know, the, the doctor looks like um, uh, the wizard from Wizard of Oz. He's like pulling a lever here. And he's like turning a crank here. Yeah. So, Sam, just because the camera's shaking doesn't mean you're shaking well the camera oh, shakes dude, the ship is shaking. and then you like oh, okay, yeah okay, yeah okay. yeah you kind of like wobble and you're like whoa 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 movie magic baby movie magic baby <laughs> what do you guys think uh we're, we're, what are you thinking Roy? me i'm i'd like to sign up for the milano i think uh i would like to i would have more fun hanging out with the crew you got rocket you got groot you got the whole gang um you can you can make fucking pop culture references all day long and and without nobody looking at you sideways um oh man you could play pinball you could listen to 80s music you could get into adventures or should i say misadventures uh you could pilot in space or you could fly it in the sky um i'm all milano baby I'm with you, and I think it's because I'm riding super high off that game where you really made you feel like part of the crew and on the ship. It was very like intimate in that regard, where many games are not like that. Like, and there's even like a there's a, literally a mechanic in the game where you are giving pep talks to the team during battles, and like, like yeah. So I feel like I'm there because the ship is incredible. I want to be on the crew, want to be on those misadventures. The TARDIS is enticing and being a doctor's, the doctor's one of his companions, but you're either going to die uh, or you're going to run a lot uh, and something terrible, uh, terrible fate may befall you, but uh, you're in the guardians, man. Like you got backup. You got this like ragtag group of uh, family on this awesome ship. And yeah, you could blow shit up with rocket. Um, but with the TARDIS, you can go anywhere in space and time. That's a lot of responsibility, bro. I've lost this argument. I'm just saying. I think you guys are right. Uh, no, I mean, that. that is the X factor. I mean, that is the thing where you can go to other planets and and and, and meet historical figures and, and do all that. Um, I mean, that is enticing. Yeah. You are going, you are going to work. Like, you are hustling your ass if you're on that crew like the guardians like they might like kick it for six months and blow the money they just got from from a, a bank robbery that they stole a bunch of money from shitty people and then robin hooded it for six months on nowhere and i don't know it's a little more uh swashbuckling and a little more like laid back um like it's more my speed for sure that's true and the, and the companions by and large meet not great. Their storylines usually have not great resolutions. They either yeah. forget everything um, or they die or they have like brain fever. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen too much. Yeah. I will say, plus with the TARDIS, you may be able to travel anywhere and anywhere. That's right. 
Um, but really, at the end of the day, guys, wherever you go, that's where you are. Hmm. So the Milano takes it. The Milano spaces it. Pew, pew. That's round two. Congratulations. Hey, uh, before uh, before we get to the finals, you guys want to play a game? Yup. Hell yeah. I want to play that game. Uh, so this game is apropos of absolutely nothing. There's no yeah. context. Woo-hoo. Is it about Tom Clancy? <laughs> <laughs> this game is called Flowery Language. Yes. So, uh, in the Victorian era, flowers were used to send silent messages. If a flower was handed with the right hand, it meant yes, while the left hand meant no. This is known as floriography. And let's see how well you would do in Victorian society. So let's test your knowledge of botanical babble. Let's have a horticultural heart-to-heart. And let's forge a friendship over flowers. They look pretty. They do look pretty, yes. (laughs) (laughs) um so i have five flowers and four options and for each of these flowers you guys are going to guess which one is the correct meaning and you know this is stuff like oh red rose means i love you that kind of stuff um but it's uh it gets pretty complicated you guys ready fuck yeah fuck me up with some flowers (laughs) fuck me up with some flowers smells (laughs) smells delightful in here um all right so And by the way, these are not just flowers, but these are also plants as well. Um, So basil, basil plant, does it mean good luck, you have bad breath, I hate you, or I'm hungry? Uh, I'm going to jump out the gate early and say I first, uh, my first instinct is to say that this is you have bad breath because um I think if you wanted to go get a bite to eat, they'd just say, hey, let's go get, get a bite to eat. Um, but I think it's because it, it is such a strong smell. It is such a strong flavor. It is also like delicious to chew. So that seems like a very practical and polite way. You're, prov- you're, you're providing a solution. Um, I, think, I think that's what it means. All right. Ori? I also will go with bad breath because you wouldn't give someone something to say I hate you. You wouldn't you would just you would take it away or <laughs> you would give them something like oh the finger <laughs> le finger or you know deadly nightshade or yeah True. or deadly yeah. nightshade or like i don't know a flaming bag of poo or something right um <laughs> so i think it's bad breath uh you guys are both wrong it means i hate you whoa shut up yeah. shut. sam Sam, you're going to get something in the mail. In the <laughs> basil plant. <laughs> <laughs> Some basil plants. Uh, all right. Do you, so hold on, hold on, hold on, Sam. Do you have context? No, none of these have context. No. Oh, okay. Rad. I, I actually, like, I was looking for context, and some of them do have context, but, like, for the most part, it's just, like, this is what this one means. Don't know why. I basil you. Basil means uh, get drilled, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Green carnation, a green carnation. Does it mean you're not that bright? I don't know you. The devil is in this house or secret homosexuality. I'm jumping out and saying it's homosexuality. Seems like something might put in your lapel or like 
um, pinned to yourself or, or whatever as a, yeah, as a signal for that. Okay. Ori? I'm going to go with the devil is in this house because, because, um, because that's badass. The devil is not in this house because we are all secret homosexuals here. Yeah. Bobby's correct. Bobby boys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I don't understand is like, if this is a symbol that everybody knows. That's why I didn't go with it. It's not exactly secret, right? I know. Yeah. That's exactly why Uh, logic doesn't play here. Well, I think it's because men, especially heterosexual men, are dumb as shit, Whoosh. don't care about flowers, and it's just right over their head. Probably right wouldn't even heads. notice yeah. that a person had a flower on them or or whatever. They're probably just like, give me a beer. Like, <laughs> like um, I got to go back to the mines. Like, uh, <laughs> um, real dumb. Okay, number three, a bird's foot trefoil. Bird's foot trefoil. Does it mean my revenge? Let's be secret friends. I don't know anything about flowers or let's look at art together. I'm going to go real dumb with it um, and say, let's look at art together because I've been wrong, but my logic has steered me wrong. So I'm going to go against logic here and say, uh, yeah, let's look at what what was it? doesn't matter. D let's look at, let's look at art together. Let's look at art together. Okay. I'm going to go like, I want to be secret friends. Like I want to say, it's like uh, people throughout history, not great communicators. So mm-hmm. this seems like a nice way to be like, Hey, let's, let's be, let's be friends. Uh, you guys are both wrong. It's my revenge. Oh, I don't know what feels like a harbinger feels like you're about to say like revenge is coming your way. You don't know when, but here it comes. Or, or maybe it's too late. You've already taken the. Oh, you you were poisoned two hours ago. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> it's coursing through your veins. You know that nightshade I gave you two hours ago. Yeah. Here's now. I'm telling you, it's my revenge. I put it in your pheasant. <laughs> All right, number four, the red fuchsia. The red fuchsia. Does it mean yes? I like your taste. Hold my hand. Or rivalry. Yes is in like, yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or, like, oh, okay. Eyebrows up. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go revenge. I was thinking it was for smashing, but I'm going to go... Uh, rivalry? Old school classic revenge. Classic because it works. Okay. All right. I'm going to go real left with it here and go with Yes. Uh, you guys are both wrong. It is, I like your taste. Fucking like my taste. Why? Who needs to communicate that surreptitiously? People in the Victorian era. Who knows what society was like? Who's to say? Uh, all right. Last one here. Rhododendron, which actually I like these flowers a lot. Um, does it mean they are my enemy? So you are my friend. I forgot your name. You should be embarrassed. Or I never shall look upon the likes of him again. Embarrassed, bitch. Be embarrassed. C. Or he goes C. You should be embarrassed? Yeah, because he knows a lot about that. I'm going to go with that. That was my first impression. That sounds like a, you've committed some sort of social faux pas. Uh, a flower that says you're a jackass. 
Uh, you guys are both wrong. It is, I never shall look upon the likes of him again. Who needs to communicate that? <laughs> <laughs> again, surreptitiously. Like, why does this need to be a secret? But Especially if you're declaring it. Like, if, if this is a declaration, why make that a secret? Do you think that in the Victorian age, people were just walking around handing each other different plants and flowers all the time and just not speaking? Just it's just complete silence and just like just how many plant like how much like do, does everybody have access to all of these flowers? Yeah, like how much are you spending on flowers a week just to like have a conversation? It was a boon for florists <laughs> and horticulturalists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what 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 are you trying to say with this bouquet? I'm trying to say with this flower that I'm sorry that your aunt has taken ill and lost their fortune and uh, <laughs> ill-conceived in investment. Do you have a flower that sort of says that? Or mm. I'm sorry I gave you the syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> I have the perfect thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not keep count, but I think Ori got zero and Bobby got two, I think. Bobby, you got. I think I may have only gotten one. Oh, you might have gotten one to zero. I think Bobby got zero. No, I got one dog. No, he got secret homosexuality. (gasps) Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, That was flowery language. That was awesome. That was great. It's the final countdown. We have our final contestants. As usual, there is no theme. It is a straight heads up matchup between the Floston Paradise and the Milano. Yep. Which is the second best spaceship? Second best behind our lockouts. Um, I like both of these. I like both of these too. Yeah. Floss and Paradise is really out of left field though. The, the Milano is awesome and it's great. It is kind of a straight, straightforward spaceship that does straightforward spaceship things. And I feel like the Floss and Paradise is a little bit more out of left field. Well, I th- yes, I see where you're going. It's a left field to think about this thing, but in space, right? Like the Milano is mm-hmm. a spaceship, right? It goes in space. Mm-hmm. Blossom Paradise is a cruise ship. Hey, that's not supposed to be up there. That's supposed to be in the water. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But um, it is still just a thing that we have down here, but up there. Right. It's like it's just yeah. you're just changing the location in which this thing exists. Like you didn't sure make it. You know. We also have um, planes down here, too. W- uh, correct. But what we yeah, you're right. It is sort of space Titanic, though. Hmm. It is space Titanic. I know. Yeah. Do you think that's that was on purpose? Maybe someone get or Luke maybe Bethany it was just jargon. So yeah, someone get Luc Besson on the phone. He wrote this movie when he was like 15. Yeah, did you see the uh, the movie that was supposed to be the spiritual successor to... I enjoyed it. We could talk... Yes, I enjoyed it. What was that? Um, Valerian? I did not see that. Was it garbage? Everyone said it was hot garbage. It was so much fun. It I was, oh, okay. It was, Why are you going to okay. sit there and like look at... This obviously was a nah, different... No, Bobby, you're right. That's what, it, that's what everybody said. I just... I feel like the conventional wisdom was a little too like meh about it i think that my vote between these two as the best second best spaceship 
probably the Floss in Paradise edges the Milano just a bit. Because for me, the Milano is about who's in there. For me, the Milano is like the crew. It's like the it's it's the vibes in there. It's not like the spaceship does like what you said, Sam, spaceship things. Where the Floss in Paradise is a fucking luxury cruise that goes to planets. Like that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, okay. So there's the, I'm going Milano because one, I think it's, um, the outside, right. There's the visual appeal of it. It is like, um, stands out amongst all of these other contenders. And that is like, it is sleek. It is shiny. It is colorful. It is like, um, not imposing, but it is like, looks formidable. Um, like it is shaped like a bird of prey and on the inside, it's more like it's more my speed because it's a small tight knit crew of people in close quarters. Um, in kind of like what is like a smuggling ship, but, um, I think I, I'm not one for big crowds of people and lots of people on a giant capital ship. Um, uh, I think there's just the more, um, I don't know, like there's something about the small crewness of it. That's like easy to man. It's fast. Like um, it can fight if it needs to, but um, mostly it's just for getting somewhere really quick and it's nimble. Um, can fly in atmosphere like a plane or a jet as well. Um, it's not this like hulking thing full of people that I want to be around. Although aesthetically the floss in paradise is kind of incredible. Interior is a little tacky for my taste. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and there's not much character to it. I think, um, the mulatto feels like, a not like a dorm, <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> it feels like crew quarters. It feels intimate. It feels like, um, yeah. that's just more my personality. I'd rather be around a smaller tight knit group than be in a sea of people. So yeah, I'm going Milano. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. And I think that, I think also, I think there's the, the piloting aspect of it too. Like it feels like it would be a fucking blast to pilot that. Like it looks like, Physically, the way it is portrayed, it looks like fun to fly. Yeah. Hmm. God, guys, I'm so on the fence on this. I know I already, I already put my vote in on Floss in Paradise, but like, I don't know. I could be, I could be swayed. If you send me the right flower. <laughs> Imagine sitting in the cockpit in one of those front seats in the Milano, where you have complete, like, near 360 vision of, the, of like the spaces around you. Oh, I'm getting a, pan- a panic attack just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, sign me up. It also is a, it, it, I have one more point to make, Ori, um, is that I feel like this also, this is a ship that not just has, um, it. it's it's not just communicating, uh, it's not just like exposition and aesthetics um, and function and everything. It also is expressing uh culture of the in the like of the society in the movie like the ship itself 
is about politics and extravagance and society and the elite and the not elite, you know, versus the the haves and the have nots and everything. And I feel like this ship specifically is essential to telling that part of the story. Yeah, I I think I think how it shakes out for me is you're talking about an experience I would love to do versus something I would love to own or be a part of. Makes sense. I would want to be a crewman on the Milano or fly one. Um, you know, uh, all the cool bells and whistles that come with it and the characters and the, whatever the experience, right. That, um, but just talking about the ship, like I would want that ship. Like I would like to own it. Like I would like to fly it. I would like to live on it <laughs> for long stretches. Like the other one is like an experience I would like to go do. And then if we're just literally talking about, I have some money, I want to buy a ship. It's this big ship or this, this ship, I would definitely probably go smaller, faster, nimbler, fun. I'd, I, I'm buying the sports car, not the RV. You know what I mean? Um, I get it. All right, Ori, what's your break the tie? Shit. Uh, I'm, I, I've never been this torn before on an mm. episode. Um, I'm going to go with the Milano. Yeah, baby. <sighs> you had me, you took me there, you edged me there, and then you said no. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It hurts. All right. The Milano is your second best sci-fi spaceship. If you uh, disagree with us, feel free to uh, mail us some, uh, what was it? Some par- parsley or what was the the bad? Br- what uh, some basil. Basil. Yeah. Some basil. Send, send some basil. Yeah. We have decided the second best. What was our number ones? Bobby, what was your number one? Uh, Well, my lockout was the iconic X-Wing from Star Wars, uh, because ever since I was a wee lad, I've always wanted to be an X-Wing pilot. And I think everything about it, the way like the wings collapse, like go into flight mode and like combat mode, like the like streak of like orange down the side or, you know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. uh, aesthetically, it's like this looks like fun to fly. There's like tight jet kind of cockpit. Not a great for long hauls. It seems, I mean, cramped. Yeah, it looks cramped. Luke would take it to Dagobah, which doesn't seem like a very comfortable ride. And I think there's the, the fun aspect of like, I have an astromech like who's riding shotgun and he'll be like, beep, boop, boop. And I'll be like, <laughs> and like, I like know what he's, I know what he's saying. Ori, what was yours? Mine was the, Starship Enterprise from Star Trek. Everyone knows it. Look, it's got cool shit in it. It's got it's got the holodeck. Uh, so you're not going classic series Enterprise. You're going like you're a TNG Enterprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, t- yeah, next generation all the way. Um, it's got the living quarters. I mean, it's a it's a sh- living breathing. Uh, got a bar. It's got a bar. It's it's got just like passengers that have nothing to do with the adventures they're just there it's asp- but it's aspirational too it's not like it's not gross in there it's not yeah. you know it's not sweaty <laughs> in there it looks like yeah. it's like it's got air conditioning it looks comfortable i, I mean i also loved how um not sterile in a bad way, not sterile in design, but like sterile is that even when they're like um, engineers are crawling through the bowels of the ship, dirt, like through like mm-hmm. tight, like um, I don't know, engineering uh, bays or whatever. And they're like crawling through um, 
racks of whatever. Like, all that looks clean. It doesn't look dusty. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it doesn't yeah, yeah, look yeah, like yeah. disgusting and yeah. gross and falling apart. Like, um, I think it feels like the, um, yeah, aspirational, right? Like, there's no yeah. waste. Yeah. And there isn't yeah. like a bunch of, just to go along with what you're saying, there's also not a bunch of just like extraneous or, or extra just for no purpose steam everywhere down there in those right. lower decks where I'm comparing it to like a Star Wars, like, yeah, like a Star Wars Death Star or something where they're in the, they're trying to get into the bowels of whatever. And even though yeah. it's clean and there's no dust anywhere, it's still kind of dark and steam and there's just steam. You don't get that on the Enterprise. No, no story. You're right. And good Star Wars is grimy Star Wars. Correct. That's yes. what, yes, that's yeah. what works for Star Wars. Um, yeah, I don't know. Plus, like, they have, like, the, the medic the medic bay, and, like, you they have these things where you just, they, like, scan you with the thing, and then your, your wound is magically healed and shit like that. Like, I don't know. I'm into it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my lockout was the Millennium Falcon, um, Han Solo ship in Star Wars. It's the Millennium Falcon. It is the, it's, it's, uh, gosh, it's, so, like, Bobby, the, the, the contrast between the X wing, right? Like the small, like the small, um, attack fighter versus this freighter that's been like repurposed as a getaway car. Um, it kind of feels like, uh, a Ford Astro van that's been like <laughs> retrofitted with rockets. Right. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it just, everybody knows the millennium Falcon. You could pick it. You could, you don't even have to see the details. You just see the shape, uh, the little like circle with the bite taken out of it. And you know that that's a millennium Falcon. And you can also smuggle shit in it, which is cool. Those floorboards loose. You can just, yeah. Yeah. And see now that's another, that that's, um, we were talking about like how great it is to have tactile things in, in a ship. And the millennium Falcon is chock a block with, uh, tubes and, and cranks and, yes. and everything. And like you said, you're yeah. going over under the floorboard and you're like, getting like sprayed in the face with steam out of like some vacuum, you know? And like, it, it's just, it's, it's very, it's almost like it's steampunk down there. Yeah. Like a fog tube comes loose and just goes. Yes. 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 Shit everywhere. Yeah. Can you, again, and they're like, Hey, I need to fix this. Hand me the wrench. Oh God. <laughs> yes. Two more things about, uh, two more things about the Falcon. One talk about a goddamn cockpit. I mean, that is like, oh, yeah, you get those behind shots where you see the 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 window into space plus the the cockpit. And I mean. Levers and buttons and all sorts of uh, switches in the top. Like, oh, oh yeah. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah. Well, let me shut this shit down. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I want my car to be like that. I want to be like, <laughs> all right, here we go. I totally want to engage flight mode and, and just like start like flicking things and everything. Push a lever forward. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing is that the, uh, um, the gunner seat always looks like so much fun. Is it a 360? Oh, it's, it's, it's on the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. The it gunner's drops down. Is on the, yeah. Is on the bottom like of the ship. One and eight. 360 on a horizontal plane. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Thank you. That's it for us today. If you have an umbrage card for us, or if you agree with us, or somewhere in between, 
let us know at thesecondbest.show. Tap the mic, leave us a voicemail. Oh, and one last thing. Before you stop this episode, make sure to leave that star rating and review. It helps a lot. See you next time. McDonald's in the 90s changed their goddamn recipe for the french fries. Bring back beef tallow.